WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Tudor Dixon is addressing comments made by President Biden at the Detroit Auto Show, calling her an extreme Republican. They said that she wants to take us backwards with hate and division. The Republican gubernatorial nominee went on Fox News to talk about inflation. She called President Biden and Governor Gretchen Whitmer out of touch with voters. People are fed up with these policies. They're fed up with not being able to buy gas. They don't want somebody telling them to go buy an electric vehicle because it's better for the environment when they can't afford to put groceries on the table. I don't think it helps her, but I certainly hope that it helps me so that people know that we have a better option here in the state of Michigan. Dixon says people are worried about their jobs. She says while President Biden and Governor Whitmer are test driving new Corvettes, people can't afford to put food on their tables. Meanwhile, Governor Gretchen Whitmer has announced the MI Future Mobility Plan, a new statewide strategy to address future mobility challenges by growing the workforce, providing more accessible transportation infrastructure, and developing mobility policies. Trevor Paul is the state's chief mobility officer. There are flying vehicles. Like aerial mobility is now a thing that is, is going to be in our lives. So uh, what, what better moment in time for the state to uh, focus on um, its leadership that we've had for the last century and set, set some global standards. So we created the My Future Mobility Plan led by the governor. We worked across eight different state agencies, industry, universities, to make sure we got this right. The announcement was made a day after President Biden announced $900 million for Michigan and 34 other states to build a network of electric vehicle charging stations. U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg delivered a major funding announcement for Detroit and the state this week. It's a $104 million federal grant to be put toward the conversion of the I-375 freeway in Detroit to a six-lane boulevard. Here in Detroit, when I-375 was built in 1964, they literally bulldozed the neighborhoods of Black Bottom and Paradise Valley, displacing so many mostly black Detroiters. And now this freeway, generation later, serves to divide communities, primarily communities of color and low-income communities, from the central business district, the recreational areas, and other great assets downtown. Although no construction date has been publicly announced, the hope is the project can be completed in 2025. The total cost is expected to be around $300 million. The Michigan Department of Health and Human Services is watching closely now that a case of swine flu has been detected in Berrien County. The case confirmed September 9th was with someone who attended the Berrien County Youth Fair and had contact with a pig. Michigan Chief Medical Executive Dr. Natasha Bagdasarian tells us there's no need for great concern, although state health officials do take note when swine flu is detected in a human. We really are monitoring this on a population level, not because these crossover events typically cause more severe infections, but because we are monitoring on a population level the consequences of animal-to-human transmission. Bagdasarian says it's rare for influenza to be transmitted from an animal to a human, and after that, human-to-human transmission is also uncommon. The case found this month does indicate there is flu among local pigs. We might expect to see that rising in the fall months and into the winter months, and so that in and of itself is not something unusual, but the fact that it's crossed over and infected a human is something that we're now keeping a watchful eye on. Bagdasarian says no one needs to be concerned. The symptoms of swine flu are similar to standard flu, although it can develop into more serious illness. 
The flu vaccine does not protect against the swine flu. She urges anyone making contact with pigs to take the usual precautions to avoid the spread of illness. A Benton Harbor man suspected of supplying drugs to local dealers has been arrested after more than a pound of methamphetamine, fentanyl, cocaine, and crack were found during the search warrants. 51-year-old Willie Lark is lodged at the Berrien County Jail after being tracked and located in Coloma Township by the Southwest Enforcement Team. Warrants uncovered about 199 grams of meth, 156 grams of fentanyl, 72 grams of cocaine, and 35 grams of uh, crack in their initial search of a Benton Harbor property on Thursday. Other evidence of drug trafficking was found linking Lark as the source of supply to local dealers and users of those drugs. Additional drugs were found on Lark at the time of his arrest. Michigan Trails Week started starts on Sunday and runs through next Sunday. The Michigan Department of Natural Resources is inviting everyone to hit up some of the state's trails, network, and parks and share some memories. The department notes $250 million has been allocated for parks and trails improvements in the Building Better Together plan announced this year. DNR Director Dan Eichinger says this means if you like the trails now, wait until they get to work. Some of the things that you're going to see us investing in are going to be things like uh, parking lots and water infrastructure, sewage infrastructure, all the exciting stuff that goes into running a state parks. But we're also going to be doing a lot of customer facing work in our state parks as well. Things like restroom facilities, visitor center improvements and the like, all designed to try and keep our parks in good working condition. They've served us so well over the last hundred years. Volunteer groups will be out for the week, picking up trash along trails, and everyone's urged to do the same. Last year, volunteer efforts resulted in thousands of pounds of litter being removed from the state's trails. You can follow MI State Parks on Facebook to find ideas how to celebrate Michigan Trails Week all week long. The Economic Club of Southwestern Michigan Speaker Series has welcomed former Australian Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull. He spoke at the Mendel Center Thursday night. Turnbull reflected on the passing of Queen Elizabeth II and said she was always engaged in reign during momentous times. He said he was surprised by how affected he was by her death. The former PM reflected on his own political career and his country's political system, saying Australia is vulnerable to the same kind of gerrymandering as the United States. He said it's never a good thing for a politician to know he or she can't lose. Turnbull was the first of four speakers coming to the Economic Club in the current series. Up next is Henry Winkler, November 8th, followed by biographer Will Haygood on January 19th, and finally Goldie Blocks CEO Debbie Sterling on March 14th. And heading back to the office after working from home for the past couple of years can be difficult. Things may be different, according to Robert Half's Neil Gilbert, right down to the dress code. We're seeing a lot of offices going towards a bit more of a casual environment, whereas they may have been more business professional beforehand. My office is a great example as well. Uh, We are now able to wear jeans to work, whereas something that was maybe a Friday thing, whereas now it's an everyday thing. Gilbert says you may need to see if coworkers want to shake hands, hug, or just fist bump, since many will be uncomfortable with a hug. He says look for a quiet place in the office if you're bothered by all the distractions. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues. The White House continues to go after the governors of Florida and Texas for transporting migrants to other states without notice or a plan to care for them. ABC's Andy Field has the latest from Washington. The federal government has legal ways to move asylum-seeking migrants from border to other states. The governors of Texas and Florida choosing to do it themselves. These governors care about creating political theater 
than creating actual solutions to help. Biden Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre saying if Republicans were serious about solving the border issues, they would look at the immigration reform plan President Biden proposed more than a year and a half ago. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. California's governor says the busing of families with children from Texas to Florida to random East Coast cities might be illegal, more from Alex Stone. After sending a letter to U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland suggesting criminal charges might be warranted against Governors DeSantis and Abbott for busing children across state lines, Governor Gavin Newsom at a bill signing event saying children are being used as political pawns, and he said this about Governor DeSantis. It's disgraceful. He's a disgrace. What these governors are doing are disgraceful. Newsom says DeSantis and Abbott are getting families to travel under false pretenses of getting work on the East Coast. He says that is kidnapping and racketeering. Alex Stone, ABC News, Los Angeles. Investigators searching through a mass burial site in Ukraine have found evidence some of the dead were tortured, including bodies with broken limbs and ropes around their necks. That's according to Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, who spoke Friday. The site near... Izium was recently recaptured from Russian, Russian forces. It appears to be one of the largest of its kind discovered in Ukraine. Zelensky rushed out a video statement just hours after the exhumations began, apparently to underscore the gravity of the discovery. Officials in London say the wait is now more than 24 hours in the miles-long line to see Queen Elizabeth's coffin, more from ABC's Ines de la Quatera. Currently walking the queue towards the end of the queue, or the start of the queue, depending on how you look at it. It was a 40-minute drive here from Westminster. Both of us, this is the only monarch we've ever known, so um, yeah, it's, it's quite a big big thing in our lives. There's a lot of excitement in the park at the start of the queue as people find the beginning and finally get to join a line that's expected to take 14 hours before they're able to see the Queen lying in state. It's going to be a long night, I think, and an early start. <laughs> Inez de la Quatera, ABC News, London. The revelation earlier this week that federal prosecutors are involved in investigations of suspected voting system breaches across the U.S. is fueling questions about the security of voting machines just two months before the midterm elections. Security breaches at election offices in Colorado, Georgia, and Michigan have been sometimes aided by local officials who allowed unauthorized access to people who copied software and hard drive data and in several cases shared it publicly. Security experts say the breaches by themselves have not necessarily increased threats to the November elections, but say they increased the possibility that rogue election workers could access election equipment to launch attacks. Inside of a Florida courtroom today, a U.S. district judge denied the Justice Department's request for a partial stay of her earlier ruling that limited the ongoing investigation of dozens of documents found at former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. The judge also appointed a senior judge in the Eastern District of New York to conduct an independent review of the material. Now with the DOG's, DOJ's progress to investigate those materials stalled again, ABC's Catherine Falders explains what will likely come next from the Justice Department. This has essentially paused the criminal uh, investigation for the government uh, for uh, roughly two months until uh, the end of November. So we'll see some more back and forth what they believe the special master should have access to, how they're going to deal with these classified documents and the review of it. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, probably the most uh, urgent thing that we will see is them appealing this. A boil water advisory has been lifted for Mississippi's capital, and the state will stop handing out free bottled water tomorrow, but the crisis is not over. Water pressure still hasn't been fully restored in Jackson, and some residents say their tap water still comes out looking dirty and smelling like sewage. Carrie Wooten says even her dog won't drink it. Jackson's treatments plants need billions in repairs, according to the mayor. 
Many blame systemic racism as a root cause. The tax base plummeted after white people moved to the suburbs in response to school desegregation and government policies denied resources to the black and poor people who stayed in the city. And more than 400 American Airlines flight attendants based in San Francisco are getting the news their jobs are moving. Some have worked there for more than 40 years. ABC's Alex Stone is more. American Airlines has had a flight attendant base in San Francisco for over 50 years, but soon that will end. The airline blaming competition, rising fuel costs, and reduced customer demand for having to close its Bay Area base. Tim Schwartz has been an American Airlines San Francisco-based flight attendant for 27 years. It's a sad day. It feels like a kick in the gut. The flight attendants are being offered relocation or retirement. LAX is not an option. That base is already full. Alex Stone, EBC News. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast. 